1: Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. I started to look ahead and there was another chunk of Arctic air coming down. I said, this is going to be a catastrophic event.
0: We are under rare and dangerous conditions, a winter weather warning. Every part of the state of Texas will face freezing conditions. People in North Texas mad, afraid, they're cold. What everyone wants to know this morning is when
1: will the power be back on? I walked out in the kitchen and all this water was pouring down from the kitchen ceiling. So be able to say, when is it gonna happen again? No way. Will it happen again? Yes. The Texas power emergency and rotating outages. News Radio 1080
0: KRLD. This week marks the anniversary of last year's winter storm and power outage that rocked the state of Texas. The combination of snow and sub freezing temperatures knocked much of the state's power supply offline, leaving millions without electricity for days. 246 people died as a result, according to the Texas Department of State Health Services. So as we look back a year later, we're left wondering how it got so cold for so long, what actually happened to the power grid, and what were Texans left to deal with in the aftermath? I'm Chris Blake, and we'll try to answer those questions together in this three-part series from News Radio 1080 KRLD in Dallas-Fort Worth. First, we'll examine the weather side of the story with KRLD Chief Meteorologist Dan Brunoff. He walks us through what happened and why. In parts two and three... We'll discuss the Texas power grid and look at how the storm impacted Texans. Damage, insurance claims, and energy bills. But let's start with that initial cause, the weather. So Dan, what comes to mind when you think back to a year ago this week?
1: We were in a La Nina pattern. And we were just cruising along with the warmer temperatures and no precipitation. And then February hit. So uh, now I'm finding myself you know, looking at extended data, but every six hours I get new extended data in and every six hours, days 10 through 14 or 15 change every six hours. So typically February, climatologically speaking, we get most of our ice and snowstorms last
0: week of January and, and the month of February. You mentioned that data kind of coming into a clearer picture three days out, five days out. So before that winter storm, at what point did you kind of realize oh man, this is actually going to happen and it could be cold for a long time. Well, it's,
1: it started on February 9th and it lasted, goodness, um, over 200 hours. Next week in a nutshell, highs in the teens, lows in the single digits, Monday through Wednesday, highs in the 20s, Thursday and Friday. And we may be socked in and stuck at home all week long. I remember going on the air as we were starting to get cold. And then I, and the first cold chunk came down on the 9th of February and we got to below freezing. And then we briefly, I mean, really briefly got above freezing on the 13th for three hours between 2 p.m. and 5 p.m. on the 13th. And then we dropped right back below freezing. And then I started on the 12th or even the 11th. I started to look ahead and there was another chunk of Arctic air coming down. Uh, and that was going to arrive here on valentine's day and i saw temperatures sub-zero at some point between the 14th and the 16th of february and i went on the air and i said this is going." if you have to factor in the ice and snow that we got to on top of it i said this is going to be a, a catastrophic event news radio 1080 krld thousands of people in the dark freezing in their homes and the weather is going to get worse dan brunoff now joining us live from the weather center what can we expect dan Oh, thanks David. Yeah. I wish I had better news with the uh, pipe breaking cold, just bitter cold air record setting cold that will continue uh, through Friday. We'll finally hit the freezing mark. I'm thinking by Friday afternoon, but between now and then. Winter. You know, I, I pride myself. This, this is my world. This is what I do for a living and I've enjoyed weather since I was eight years old. And that's when I, Decided I wanted to be a meteorologist and and I've been in this area for gosh, you know, I left for eight years, but for goodness over 45 years, I've been watching Texas weather and starting to analyze it more and more as I got into my teens and then when I got into college, of course, even more than that. I try to be as accurate as possible because I've seen what's called model busts when it says it's going to be real cold or we say we're going to get snow. and We don't. That's the hardest thing to forecast here. And so I was pretty confident that we were going to get, you know, the Arctic blitz, whatever kind of name you want to give this. Um, And a few three to five days out, pretty much. And as new data started coming in, I started seeing more and more of a tragic situation going on, rolling blackouts now. Could I have said we're going to lose power for days? No. I know it's a long, drawn-out uh, answer to a short question, but I was pretty confident that we were going to get, we were going to get nailed pretty hard uh, within you know, three to five days. Uh, and I knew this cold snap was going to last long, but how cold it was going to get and how much winter precipitation, that's the hardest thing to
0: forecast. To take Dan's word, it was catastrophic. There was a stretch of 232 of 235 hours below freezing in North Texas, with the temperature climbing above 32 degrees for just a short three-hour stretch. DFW Airport recorded five inches of snowfall, millions of people were without power, and of course, more than 200 died. The first of those catastrophes happened to be the power outage on Interstate 35W just north of downtown Fort Worth early in the morning on February 11th.
1: We got down below freezing early on the 10th at 28 degrees, and we rose to 31. We were okay, had a trace of precipitation, a little freezing drizzle up north in Denton and Wise County up towards the Red River. We were okay here, didn't see any. Well, that morning of the 11th, the temperature dropped to 24 degrees. DFW officially saw a trace of freezing drizzle, but out here in North Fort Worth, I'm six miles north of where that horrific pileup happened on the Tex express lanes. Cleanup along 35W and Fort Worth has been going on for hours. Looks like it has more hours to go. We go first to Andrew Greenstein live on the scene with the
0: latest. Yes, David, at least five people were killed and at least 36 are hospitalized in this pileup which involved more than 100 vehicles. Now, some of this was caught on video, and it shows vehicle after vehicle, sedans, SUVs, and 18-wheelers plowing into the traffic in front of them after being unable to stop on the black ice that formed on the elevated roadway. Remember, elevated roadways
1: over... Remember, before that, on, on the 8th of February, we were at 67 degrees. We were in the close to 60 all the way back to the 5th. We were in the 70s on the 3rd of February. And temperatures never got below freezing until we got into the morning of the night so road surface temperatures were fine you got to get down below 27 degrees uh, for an extended period of time for the roads to get frozen from the freezing drizzle but elevated objects whatever the air temperature is out there's no ground insulating a bridge mm-hmm. so that air rushes underneath that bridge and that that pavement will cool as fast as the air temperature does you're in Texas, you know, it's February, it's not snowing. Getting get a little drizzle on your windshield that isn't freezing and, or it moved through before they, it moved through overnight and then stopped, but the damage was done. And that's, that's what happened is, is people were going too fast. They weren't aware of the air temperature. They weren't aware that uh, we had a thin, tiny layer of ice fall two hours before they left the house that had now stopped. It didn't take much. Didn't take much. Yeah. So it was horrific. And that was the start of many other terrible things that happened in the days following.
0: Another winter storm and the power emergency. This is live continuing coverage. News Radio
1: 1080 KRLD.
0: As the frustration continues to grow over spending days at home in the cold, the governor speaks out about what the state is doing to help with the power situation. Governor Abbott says more power plants are coming back online, but the state still... So, Dan, we've talked about what you were seeing, the forecasts, the models, and all that. Let me ask a really basic question, though why did it get so cold and for so long in texas
1: so many conditions have to come together for us to get wintry precipitation around here um it's easy to forecast snow in north dakota in the winter and Mm -hmm. states and with lake effect uh here very difficult too many factors have to come together for us to even get freezing drizzle or sleet or snow Uh, but cold air is there in the winter time and As we lose daylight here in North Texas, it goes away up to the Arctic Circle. They'll go, you know, a little over two months without any sunlight at all north of the Arctic Circle, whether it's here or the Antarctic Circle down in the Southern Hemisphere. And it goes all the way around the globe from Norway, all the way to northern Siberia, and then all the way around through Alaska and Canada. So that cold air pools and you get starts to snow in Canada first, and then slowly the storm track starts to bring snow into the northern plain states. You get systems getting farther south into Nebraska and Kansas. You start, you'll get snowpack, doesn't last as long, but sometimes you can get snowpack for several weeks up in that area.
0: And Dan says that snowpack in the northern and middle parts of the country helped keep air cool last year as it moved down from the Arctic Circle. Because if you think back to a year ago, it wasn't just Texas that faced long-lasting sub-freezing temperatures. It was most of the country. Or maybe you're like me and the nationwide temperatures weren't on your mind while your power was out. Or you just tried to block out a lot of that week in its entirety.
1: Now the jet stream, um, you have a polar jet stream, uh, which brings cold air down from, uh, from Canada. Uh, and then you have what's called a subtropical jet stream. And that comes usually in across the desert southwest and along and south of uh, Interstate 20 pretty much across the lower 48. So that's the player that brings in the disturbances that cause the frozen precip Last year, we had an amplification of the polar jet stream, which means you start, it looks like a roller coaster. If you see like Judge Roy scream at Six Flags, he goes up and down, and up and down. You have ridges, which are like peaks on a mountain, and then you have troughs, which are valleys that come down the mountain before you get up into the next mountain range. So the polar jet stream actually moved up all the way into Alaska and a ridge of high pressure built in that area. And clockwise flow brings that jet stream, the polar jet up over warmer air into Alaska and then down straight down through the poles, down through Canada and straight down into Texas. So we got a huge amplification of this cold air and yeah, it's bitter cold. It's minus 30, 40, 50 degrees well up north of the Arctic Circle. But if you have a snowpack stretching all the way down to I-70 into Nebraska or even Kansas, that cold air, as those northerly winds come down, that air will modify or warm because it's getting into a lower uh, latitude. But that cold air will keep it a little colder than it normally would be like this year. And that pattern usually breaks down over a couple of days and then it flattens out again. So then you warm up. Well, for 11 or 12 days, we had that ridge of high pressure in the western United States, up into, all the way up into Alaska, and we had that polar jet stream coming straight down out of Canada uh, into all of the lower 48 pretty much, uh, giving us the, some of the coldest air we've felt in over 40 years. That was the pattern that we are in back
0: in February of last year. And after vastly overstaying its welcome, it's a pattern that retreated almost as quickly as it surged. And here's something wild, too. After
1: several, God, good over 200 hours of almost sub-freezing in a row, we got above freezing on the 19th of February. And four days later, on the 23rd of February, we hit 81
0: degrees. Unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, unbelievable. <laughs> so Texas weather. You say Texas weather. That kind of begs the question I'm sure a lot of people are curious about. Could something like this happen again? Sure. Heck yeah, I can You look at the data. February,
1: January, into February of '89 was brutal. 1983, '84. I was a senior in high school, and when I was over my winter break out of school, and during my Christmas break, which usually runs from twentieth, let's say the twentieth to the third, to make it math work out of January. That's the record. That's the longest period that we've ever gone where we never got above freezing for 14 days, and then before that. So we had 89, 83, 84, and then I think it was 1950 or 51 that we had another historic break. And then way back in the early 1900s and, and turn of the century, was another time before. So be able to say, when is it going to happen again? No way. Will it happen again? Yes. But the important thing as we are technology increases and we think we're gold and then our power grid fails and we, we react to situations as a society in my opinion, this is my opinion, I think we're more reactionary species than a preventative species. Mm. I'll go back to, we need to become better, in my opinion, here in the United States and globally, to start thinking about, yes, it can happen to me, and it may or may not, but it can. And if, if we're prepared for a disaster instead of reacting to it and and we're leaving ourselves very vulnerable again in my opinion for more disasters to happen and reacting instead of preventing so i can't tell you when it's going to happen again but if we're ready for it we all know what to do now don't we when the power goes out i think we learned that yeah and we have to remember that have an emergency supply kit ready to go know where all your important paperwork is um have extra coolers available uh, if it gets below freezing, take everything out of your freezer and 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 put it on your patio. I did that for three days here. I didn't lose a thing. So be prepared and not reactionary is my summary of that. And I'll give you as big a head notice, a heads up as possible on the event. You know, within 72 hours, I can say, yeah, it's coming. And then 48 hours out, I can kind of give you a really good idea of the temperature regime and, and how long it will last. We got a great meteorology crew here across North Texas at all the local stations. And we have one of the best weather services in the country. So listen to us and be prepared. Dan, thanks for taking the time to do this. You bet. No, my, my pleasure. And, and as you can probably tell, don't get me talking weather. I'll talk to you you.
0: <laughs> in our next episode, looking back at the 2021 Texas winter storm, this was bigger and more widespread than i thought i would ever see i'm joined by texas monthly senior editor russell gold he's covered energy for 20 years and just wrote a piece about last year's power outage titled how long until the next blackout i'm chris blake i'll talk to you soon